0: Well, we're still in Revelation. We're drawing closer and closer to the end. Let's turn to Revelation chapter 21. Revelation 21. I'm going to read verses 7 through 10. He who overcomes shall inherit all things. This is what we covered, not last week, because I wasn't here, but the week before. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues came to me and talked with me, saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the Lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the great city the holy Jerusalems, descending out of heaven from God. Let's pray. Father, we lift at this time in your word. We thank you that in an unstable world, a shaky world, an unreliable world, a world dominated by the prince of darkness, that you are the light, you are our rock, our, our foundation, you are our hiding place. And no matter how weird and how bad things get, we need have no fear. Because you are God, you are good, you are in control, and we have wonderful, glorious promises from you that we can rely upon, we can depend upon, that we can take to the bank. We ask you to bless this time of study in your word, in Jesus' name. Amen. So last week, we talked, or two weeks ago, we talked about the overcomer. What does that look like, to be an overcomer? And we pointed out that all the promises in God's word that are directed towards his people but they're also directed towards the one who overcomes Paul talks about finishing the race set before us he who endures till the end will be saved and again we've emphasized over and over again we're not saved by works that's not what it means that he who endures to the end will be saved but what it does mean is that he who endures to the end, or she, is one who is truly born again, truly a child of God, truly filled with the Holy Spirit, truly changed from the inside out. Because we all know there are many who may identify as Christians or identify with some other belief system. But there's a difference between identifying with it Uh, one of the terms that people have come up with is nominal Christian, which literally means Christian in name only. And that's why the Bible emphasizes, he who overcomes shall inherit all things. All things. All of God's wonderful, glorious creation. He's going to share all those things with us for all of eternity. But we must overcome the world, the flesh, and the devil. But then he moves on to verse 8 and contrasts that blessing, which is just described very briefly here, just he shall inherit all things. And the biggie here, I will be his God, he shall be my son, my child, my daughter. Sonship. That's the ultimate to be a child of god part of god's forever family then we have the contrast verse 8 the but the cowardly and the first thing i would point out here is it does take guts to stand for god to stand for jesus christ does it not matthew 10:33 whoever shall deny me before men him will I also deny before my father which is in heaven. And so if someone identifies as a believer but then under pressure denies him, oh no, I you know I, I kind of dallied with that Christian thing for a while but it you know now I've I've grown now. I I moved beyond that. Well, that would be a denial, would it not? Or yeah, I th- I really believe Jesus was a Good man, good teacher, I just don't believe he's the Son of God. That would be a denial. If you acknowledge him, you're acknowledging him for who he says he is. And he says that he is the very Son of the living God, the one and only Son of God. And not just the Son of God, but he is God incarnate, God in the flesh, the second member of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin. All these fundamental, foundational non-negotiable beliefs that we have as Christians, if you deny any of those, then you're denying Christ. If you're denying Him as who He says He is and who He has proven Himself to be by His resurrection from the dead, then you're in denial. So whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also die for my Father which is in heaven. So in other words, when it comes time to stand before God, And God says, well, who are you? Where did you come from? Why should I let you in? Jesus is there as our advocate, our defense attorney, if you will, our intercessor, telling the Father, he or she is one of mine, and then we will be welcomed into his eternal kingdom. But if we deny him here on earth, when it comes time to stand before him, he will deny us. 2 Timothy 2.12, if we suffer... We shall also reign with him. That part of the message is left out many times in many churches. Nobody likes to hear about suffering, do we? And yet we know that followers of God have suffered for thousands of years. Cain slew Abel. Started way back then. And you go right on down through human history and biblical history and how the children of Israel were Persecuted and tormented over and over again. And then the New Testament believers in Rome at the time of Nero, thrown to the lions, set on fire like human torches, covered with pitch, nailed to crosses or tied to crosses and set on fire. Yet somehow, particularly in the modern Western world where we've had tremendous freedom of worship for quite some time because people fought and died for that freedom, the whole concept of suffering for Christ has been lost. And just like the rest of you, I would never go out of my way to seek ways to suffer for God, and yet, if we suffer, we shall also reign with Him. And so, again, any true follower of Christ, any true believer, any overcomer, there will be some suffering. Now, maybe we've been spared a lot of the suffering that the rest of the world has endured, but That may not last much longer, as we've talked about, but we all have our ways of suffering. Rejection. Many people, possibly in this very room, have experienced rejection, broken relationships, loss of friendships, even relationship with other family members, because you have chosen the pathway of following Christ. And even to switch, I know that... uh, Many people suffer this because if they go from the, the traditional family religion and you choose a more non-denominational, relational pathway to Christ rather than just religious practice, many have been persecuted for that. You know, you're just over the top, you know. You're radical, fanatical. I've even had people tell me that their friends said, I I liked you better before you got saved. (laughs) So there's going to be suffering of some kind for everyone who chooses the right path to follow Christ. But the promise here, as Paul is writing to Timothy, if we suffer, again, some level of suffering. Jesus said in the world you'll have tribulation. But take heart, I've overcome the world. If we suffer, we shall also reign with Him. Does it sound like it's worth it to you? Suffering is temporary, isn't it? It's here in this life for a short period of time. But the reigning part is forever. If we suffer, we shall also reign with Him. And that suffering can also involve just you know, denying some of the desires and pleasures of the flesh, the things of this world... That um, oftentimes, yeah, they're enjoyable. But as a believer, there's some things, obviously, that we should deny ourselves of and not enter into, not engage in. They may have a temporary gratification, an instant gratification. But in the long term, are detrimental, harmful, even fatal. But there is a sense of suffering in that denial. Denial. Jesus said, if any man come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. And that cross, folks, is the cross of self-denial. Remember in the garden Jesus prayed, Father, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Jesus suffered physically, tremendously, we know that. He suffered tremendously mentally, emotionally on the cross as he bore the sins of the entire human race. But his cross represents self-denial. Jesus didn't have to die on that cross. He was perfect, the perfect sinless Son of God who knew no sin, did not deserve to die, could have called down 10,000 angels to deliver him, yet he willingly laid down his life for you and me. That is the ultimate in self-denial. Greater love has no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. The cross of Christ is the cross of self-denial. And if we want to reign with him, if we want to overcome, then we too must learn to walk that pathway of self-denial. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. So yes, some people operate under the premise, well, you know, if God is such a loving God, if he's all about love, then surely he's going to give me a pass. Let me into his kingdom, you know. I'm not that bad of a person. I've never murdered anybody. I've... Well, but Jesus says, if you think it, you've done it. Yeah. I've never committed adultery. Well, if you think it, you've done it. Right? I've never stolen anything big. Right? It only takes one sin to make you a sinner, and it only takes one sin to send you to you-know-where. All right, we have the cowardly. Takes guts to stand for God, for Jesus Christ. They say old age is not for sissies. Following Jesus is not for sissies either. Okay, then we have the unbelieving. Well, obviously, I mean, that's, that should, that's a no-brainer, I guess. Without belief or faith, there can be no entry into God's eternal kingdom. Hebrews eleven six. 6, without faith... It is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Yeah, you've got to believe that he exists, first of all. And Romans 1 tells us that the, the evidence of his existence is abundance just in the creation all around us. But then beyond that, you must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder many people think God's just an evil ogre out to get them their concept of God is totally skewed it's totally wrong that he's a rewarder of those who casually flippantly offhandedly seek him is that what it says? diligently seek him diligently earnestly sincerely something People try to pull a fast one on God. Well, yeah, I, I looked for him. I didn't find him. Did you diligently seek him with your whole heart? Diligently, humbly seek him. He rewards those. You have to believe that ultimately God is good and he wants the best for you. And again, look no further than the death of Christ on the cross to prove that. So we have the cowardly, the unbelieving, we have the vile. And that means morally depraved. And again, we're on a slippery slope. It started with becoming more accepting of homosexuality. Which, when I was growing up, was anathema in our society. It was frowned upon. People were, that's why they came up with the term in the closet. But the more we've loosened it up, the more people now are identifying in that way. Because when you begin to teach people en masse that something which was once considered wrong is now right. You're opening up the floodgates for people who would have never considered it before and that's why every TV show every movie now every commercial you always have a gay couple in there now you could call it subliminal messaging but it's not that subliminal and there are other things which I won't even talk about see there is a concept in the Bible it's the planting of seed. And whatever, whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. If you're sowing the seed of truth, the seed of God's worth into people's hearts and minds, that's going to bring forth a harvest of righteousness, like Paul says. But if you're sowing bad seed, right? What if you just took a bag full of weed seed and just scattered it all over the place? what would your yard look like? Just be a bunch of weeds, right? Well, we've got literally millions of people on this planet now whose hearts and minds have been filled with bad seed. And that seed grows up into horrible things. And most of us in this room are probably just as guilty to one degree or another by virtue of the things we Listen to the things we watch, the conversations we have. You can really apply this in any area of your life. You can apply it in your friendships. What kind of conversations do you have with your friends? What do you talk about? Is it all gossip and backbiting and that sort of thing? That's bad seed. Are you talking about the Lord? Are you talking about the scriptures? Are you talking about what God is doing? Whatsoever things are pure, right? Whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things of good report, Paul says, think on these things. Whatsoever a man thinketh, that shall he also be. Morally depraved. We'll talk about that more in a moment. The vile. And I talked about the slippery slope. So now it's gone beyond homosexuality, transsexual to transgendered to non-binary, have you heard that one? To basically anything goes. One idiot out there said there were over a hundred genders and I think it was an idiotic medical person or scientific person that said it that's enough to mess anybody's head up if there's over a hundred of them how do I ever figure out what I am and that's how they want it they want you totally confused spaced out to where you can no longer think for yourself act on your own behalf you need to be told every move to make every step to take they'll be watching you the police Mm -hmm. It's happening. And that's the way they want it. Not When you say jump, they say how high. When you say vaccines, they say how many. Masks. There were crazy people going around with two, three, four masks on. I'm surprised they're still alive. You can't get any oxygen doing that. I heard about one guy who said now he has... He feels like he only has about half of the brain capacity that he had before. That's what happens when you're breathing all the CO2 in. No oxygen. You're breathing back your own CO2. What do you think is going to happen? There's a term called brain dead. When people's oxygen is cut off. Hello? What was it? The average IQ is dropping like 1.6 points per year, folks. And if you, don't, if you think the masses are going to help that you're sadly mistaken. Have you noticed when you watch what they call period pieces, movies, dramas that are set in previous times like a hundred years ago, 200 years ago, have you noticed how much better the vocabulary is? People nowadays can barely communicate. Nobody spells anymore. You get this text. I don't know what this stuff means. R-S-P-Q-T-U-V-I-E. What? Thumbs up, thumbs down, smiley face. Oh, my gosh. The artificial intelligence and the robots are already outpacing us. All right. Next, the murderers. That started when Cain slew Abel. And again, understand as we go through this list, to one degree or another, we can probably all identify because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So it's not talking about cowardly, unbelieving, vile murderers who have repented. There is no sin too great that God cannot forgive it, that the blood of Christ cannot wash it away. The only sin that's not forgiven is the unrepentant sin. So when it tells us that these people shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone it's talking about those who did not repent. The murderers, the sexually immoral and this gets into where we break down into the various categories. Adultery is considered sexual immorality. Fornication sexual activity outside of marriage, homosexuality, pedophilia. And by the way, I talk about the slippery slope. So more and more they're pushing the idea that pedophilia is not wrong. Again, those people who have those inclinations, they're just born that way. And if they're teaching preschoolers that you can be whatever gender you want to be, then how far are we away from them saying, It's actually good for little children to have sex with adults. Some people are already saying it, folks. If you're not paying attention, it's already going on. Well, I got some news for those folks. If they don't repent, they're going to wind up in the lake of fire. The sexually immoral, adulterers, fornicators, homosexuals, pedophiles, rapists. They used to have a quick fix for rape. It was called... Execution. You execute the rapist, they will never rape again. You execute the murderer, they will never murder again. You execute the pedophile, they will never violate a child again. Hello, McFly? But we don't do that anymore. We support them in a lifestyle that's often superior to our own for the rest of their natural lives while they learn to operate computers and musical instruments and they get law degrees in prison then they can figure out how to get themselves out of jail that's what we do father knows best the punishment should fit the crime And if these sins are worthy of spending an eternity in the lake of fire, then they are worthy of execution in this life. You do the crime, you do the time. And in this case, the time should be immediate execution. And you know what? Some people are actually smart enough. I've been talking about how stupid people are. and Somebody got upset at me for using the word stupid, and then I showed them it's actually in the Bible. So if you have a problem with the word stupid, you better talk to God about it, because it's in his word. But some people are actually smart enough to realize, if I do this, they're going to kill me. If I kill that person, they're going to kill me. If I rape that person, they're going to kill me. If I uh, uh, assault, sexually assault that child, I'm going to be executed. And some people are actually smart enough to think, I don't think I'm going to go there. Hello? Hello? Okay, man, I'm wound up today. Oh my gosh, he's promoting capital punishment. What a hater. No, I hate the devil. I hate sin. And I hate the abuse of human beings by other human beings. And guess what? More importantly, God hates it. That's why we're reading about these people who are going to be cast into the lake of fire, the second death. Then we have those who practice magic arts. All the various forms, the clairvoyance, the ESP, the channeling, spirit guides, witchcraft, Satan club for elementary school. the idolaters, those who worship anyone or anything but Jehovah God, and his son Jesus, and all liars. And according to the Apostle John, this is anyone who denies Christ. 1 John 2.22, who is a liar but who, he who denies that Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. Wow. Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? So anyone and everyone who denies that, according to God, is a liar. Because God never lies. He's not a man that he should lie. The Holy Spirit speaks the truth to our hearts and minds, and that truth is that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And so he tells us that all these people, all these groups, the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexual immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, all liars, shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Somebody had asked me recently, well, don't you think that really it's uh, the, the burning, the fire, it's more of a spiritual thing, a mental thing where you just... I think it's all the above I think it's physical I think it's mental emotional spiritual you'll be on fire in every way imaginable but you will exist for all of eternity in that condition as amazing awesome and wonderful as paradise will be with God in the new Jerusalem beyond our ability to fully comprehend or understand it'll be the same way the other way around with the lake of fire As wonderful as eternity will be with God, that's how horrible it would be without him. And so simply put, if you don't put your faith in Jesus Christ as the Messiah, the Savior of the world, and spend the rest of your life seeking to obey his word and follow his lead, to endure, to overcome, then let's just put it bluntly, you're going to hell. Period. And you know what? That is love. To tell someone the truth. To tell you, this is is how it works. If you don't put your faith in Jesus Christ as the Messiah and devote your life to following him for the rest of your earthly days, you are going to go to hell. That's not hate. That's love. Hate would be to lie to them. And you're okay. I'm okay. You're okay. God grades on a curve. Just make sure you're not quite as bad as the next guy. Doesn't work that way. That's not love. Love is to tell them the truth. I love you and I don't want you. I pray for my kids every day, grandkids. Father, don't let even one of them spend eternity in the fires of hell. Give every one of them the gift of faith, the gift of repentance. Draw them to yourself by your Holy Spirit. I don't want any of my family members burning in the fires of hell for all eternity. Do you? Well, if you love them, you're going to tell them the truth. You can't help whether they receive it or not or believe it or not. That's God's job. But your job is to let them know. That's love. Again, we are absolutely not saved by works. Understand what I'm saying. But how we live will tell God, ourselves, and everyone around us who and what we really are. First Corinthians 6, 9 11. Confirming what we've just read here in Revelation 21. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, we talked about that, sex outside of marriage. And again, in many Christian circles today, that's considered okay. God made us that way. It's just normal. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, And again, I've learned, as time has gone by, some more fine-tuning of these definitions. Homosexuality has to do with a man with a man, a woman with a woman. Nor sodomites, which is a male prostitute, bisexual, transgender, pedophile, bestiality, all of those come under the category of sodomite. So if you've ever wondered, why are both words in there, homosexual and sodomite, aren't they the same thing? No. I mean, they're interconnected. But sodomite really expands the playing field, if you will. Nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, which is a slanderer. Boy, is there a lot of that today. Social media has just opened up. It's like a field day out there with slander. And look at that. It's in the same list as these other things. It's just as bad to God. nor, nor extortioners or swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, he's telling the Corinthians. Some of you in this church in Corinth were involved in these things, but you were washed. You were sanctified, set apart by God. You were justified, just as if I'd never sinned in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. So that's the good news. That's the hope. Yes, you could be the vilest of the vile. But if you are washed with the precious blood of Christ and you are continually washed and renewed by His Word, then all that is behind you. Not saying that you, are, you will never be perfected in this life. That's where some people get confused. They think, Christians claim to be perfect. The old expression, I'm not perfect, I'm just forgiven. Amen. And it's probably going to require re- daily repentance. And that's okay. Because Peter c- came to Jesus and he's trying to be all spiritual, you know. Lord, if my brother sins against me, how many times should I forgive him? 7 times? Jesus says no, 70 times 7, which was a ancient analogy for an unlimited number of times and so that's God's message to us now if we keep struggling in an area and we keep going to God God will keep forgiving us the devil is going to tell you you can't go there anymore you've done it too many times God's not going to forgive you this time give up but that's from the pit of hell that's not God but understand though The longer you persist in that the harder it's going to get you need to not only confess that sin and repent before God you need to ask God for the strength to stop doing it not because he won't forgive you if you do it again but because the enemy will use it against you and wear you down and many people have gotten to that place where they think I can't go to God anymore. I'm too bad. I'm too rotten. I'm too awful. God won't receive me. That's a lie from the devil. But you will begin to believe that lie unless you really make a concerted effort because confession is agreeing with God that you have sinned. Repentance means turning and going the other way and following him. But... Even the person on their deathbed who has never ever before confessed and repented can be saved. Even as you take your last breath, that's the grace of God. That's the mercy of God. But I wouldn't recommend waiting that long. What if you come up one breath short? (laughs) And you have a problem. But on the encouraging side, I believe we're going to see a lot of people there that we never expected to see because in that final moment God is so loving, he's so gracious, he's so merciful that he is going to snatch people out of the hands of the devil at the last moment and usher them into his eternal kingdom. All they have to do is acknowledge Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. We're going to be pleasantly surprised I believe and we may be a little shocked on the other side. God tells us everything we need to know to make an intelligent, well-informed choice. Choose Christ, choose life. New heaven, new earth. Deny Christ, choose death, choose hell. Suffer a little now, be rewarded with eternal joy and peace. Take the easy way now and spend eternity doing hard time. We need to know this. If you do go to hell, you sent yourself. God didn't. He's offering you a prepaid one-way ticket to paradise. And the choice is yours. Before I pray, I'm going to ask if anyone has a prayer request this morning that you'd raise your hand. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes, focus on the Lord for a moment. And if you have a prayer request, raise it up real high where I can see it. Yep, quite a few of you. And that's a good thing because God loves to hear from us and he loves to answer our prayers. Father, you see every hand. You know every heart. Lord, you know what's going on inside each one, whether it's a prayer for themselves or someone near and dear to them. We lift up, first of all, health issues. Lord, we know this is always a concern. We live in bodies that are not built to last forever. They are perishable. They are temporary. And you are the God who heals. So we do lift up all the health concerns today, Father. We pray for relief and release from pain. We pray for healing whenever and however possible, Lord, whether it be through medical means, through supernatural healing. We know that you work in many ways. And Lord, we just pray that you would bless each one with physical relief, release, healing. Lord, broken limbs would be healed. Surgeries would be fully recovered from and so forth. We lift it all up to you, Lord. And, Lord, we lift up um, mental and emotional issues which sometimes are even worse than the physical things we suffer with. We pray, God, for, um, for relief and release from anxiety, depression, worry, fear, doubt, anger, bitterness, resentment. And, Lord, we pray that you'd help us whenever we need to to repent of those things, to confess them to you, to not harbor them in our hearts, Lord, your word says don't let the sun go down on our wrath, Lord, that we're not to allow any root of bitterness to grow up in us, so we pray uh, for healing and deliverance from all those things. Father, for economic issues, we're, we're living in difficult times, Lord, everything is getting more and more expensive, our economy is in a free fall, many people aren't working, we just pray that you would provide for your people, Lord, that we... Give us strength, give us hope, give us faith, give us endurance. Help us to keep our eyes on you, Lord, and remember that no matter where our paycheck comes from, you are our provider, and we trust in you to take care of us and those near and dear to us, Lord. Father, we pray last of all for healing of uh, damaged or broken relationships, marriages that are struggling, friendships, business relationships, neighbor issues every kind of relationship lord that we know that the enemy comes but to steal to kill and to destroy but you've come that we might have life and life more abundantly we ask for healing and restoration in these relationships and please show us how we can be peacemakers those who are reconcilers we just ask you to go before us give us wisdom on how to bring healing and mending to those relationships father Is whenever possible, as much as within us, to live at peace with all men. We thank you and praise you, God, for your word, the power of your word. It is dynamic. It is alive. It's active, sharper than any double-edged sword. We thank you for your word. We thank you for this time together today. In Jesus' name, amen.